Welcome to Singled Out, your ninth best gaming podcast. Please stand by. the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once I am one of those melodramatic fools neurotic to the bone no doubt about it sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps setting up I think I'm cracking up And am I just paranoid? Am I just stuck? I went to a shrink Hello, welcome to episode 136 of Singled Out. Um, I'm Jesus. Salty Andrew. We must record all the time. We must record all the time to get to 136. It is, it is the most important <laughs> podcast for Gilball that exists. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are We are the number one Gilball podcast. Um, um, <laughs> by volume, still yes. Ninth best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still the ninth best by quality. Yeah, yeah, because there's someone <laughs> shouting at a phone. Uh, my name is Steve Cole. And we've brought in a special guest who is a young up-and-coming wargamer who I think it, you know might have dabbled in podcasting. Uh, Alex Botts. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've been uh, I've been following the cast very closely the last yeah. two or three years, and I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to finally get on. Yeah, I mean. I can comfortably, confidently say, Alex, I think you are the best guest we've had on this in the last couple of years. In fact, um, Steve, nice. why didn't you open the cigarette mailbag and pull out some fan mail we've got the past two years? Yeah, let's open it out. Let's open it out. Okay, it says, <laughs> yeah. Dear Andrew, that's you. That's me, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Why, oh why? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. That's the yeah. whole. That's the whole bag. Wow, that's you guys, bag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your fans are rabid. I don't. I don't think they ever sent us anything when we were doing strictly the worst. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you've you've rebranded now uh, into yes. some sort of, some sort of strictly the worst taco truck kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. So the um, in the in the interim since Guild Ball uh, took a took a brief break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, yeah. yeah, took a hiatus. Um, I left the podcast because I wanted to do things with my life, and then the remaining guys brought on our great friend Nate and rebranded to Alfredo Size 3 Taco Truck, and then I rejoined because I found out that doing things with your life is not really all that it's cracked up to be. It's overrated, so, isn't it? It's overrated. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, what have you done for the last two years, Botsy? What have you done with your, with your actual life, then? <laughs> well, I went to grad school, and I graduated, and I work in the arts now, which is not... Which is fun um, and exciting for me, but not really what anybody wants to hear. Mostly what I've been doing is playing Marvel Crisis Protocol with these other people. And that, w- that was the game that, in America, I feel like most Guild Ball players kind of jumped onto. I-, I know I think it was more divided in Europe and 
Great Britain and stuff. But um, but we we've been playing a lot of Marvel. I'm not quite as successful with Marvel as I was with Guild Ball. I haven't okay. won. There aren't. I don't know because I suck now because I'm old and stupid. Yeah. And <laughs> brain fog's <laughs> real. Brain fog's yeah. real. Like, so. Yeah. And also, you know. I, I never really thought that the Guild Ball fluff was like mind-blowingly good or anything. I like liked it okay, but it but compared to playing with superheroes, I, I miss the Guild Ball days. So I really do not care about the Marvel stuff. I like the game; it's fun, it's fun for sure. But I, I don't give a shit about the the Marvel Cinematic Universe or whatever. So yeah, I, th- I think I can I can feel you. I think I think I, I ended up kind of basically run a kind of really ran like a two year campaign to get all of the London Guild Ball people to Marvel, <laughs> and we we have all now caved. But um, yeah, yeah, I couldn't like it's an active turn off for me. I've um. Hence why all of my MCP models are basically pink men in hot pants. Um, <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 Like literally everyone, Magneto and a th- Magneto and a pair of speedos. Presumably, you must get some real sort of comic fascists who get involved in that game, who are really, really into the law and really play for that reason. I mean, yeah, I like rolling my eyes at people like that um, for sure. But honestly, they're not so bad. I haven't had anybody been like to anybody you know come up to me and be like, "You can't play those two characters together." They had a falling out yeah, in the comics not. or anything like that. No. But I, I do occasionally. What happens in tournaments is people will see the list that I'm running, and then they'll like come over and they'll be like, "That's a really interesting list." And then they'll list off a bunch of stuff that's happened in the comics between the characters and oh, why yeah, it would be yeah. cool to run a list like that. And I'm just like, "Yeah, man, that sounds really cool. I really like that his numbers are high." Um, yeah, that's like I'm my favorite like, like, character trait of his. Thing is that this will win me the game. Yeah, I yeah, think, exactly. I think we have a you know one of our our old Guild Ball players, uh, Postman John Clements, is very you know very like likes the Mar- you know loves loves the Marvels mm-hmm. um, and enjoys it when I refer to them as that. But I think basically the best thing for that is just trying to invent episodes of the comics that legitimize your decision. You're like, yeah, Thanos <laughs> rode the Thanos rode around I mean, on a lot of comics Ghost Rider for two years. Worlds and things. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah there's been so many there's been so many comics that I feel like you're you're liable to be accidentally right at least like half yeah. the time like actually yeah. describing a real comic exactly um, should we continue to bury the lead or should we talk about yeah yeah uh, please what, <laughs> what about you guys what have you been doing thank you I was hoping Steve asked me after that, but Steve obviously doesn't care I don't care. Like, I, yeah. like, I mean, this is why I've not seen you. I just, you know, did you not get the message, Andrew? When, you know, when I returned, your calls just went unanswered. Your, your, your post that you sent, your bulging mailbag that you sent me. That one plus plus the letter saying help on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, and all the flowers that you got returned. Uh, those. Uh... You told me you moved address. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From, from the um, house you came to. That I'm clearly <laughs> still there. I came to. Um, I've been playing. I played Affinity for a while. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. rules are both really interesting and also terrifying because there's lots of them. But it's quite helpful with yeah. the app. It's all like hyperlinked and stuff. And there's nothing more ferocious and and, and fiery than a invented rules forum um, argument. Well, because my that, word, yeah. I mean, it's nothing on every other game. Um, but it's kind of a cool game, and um, you know, it's quite interesting sort of reaction mechanism to it. I quite like like. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm mostly playing Kings of War now. Uh, because oh, cool. it's really clean. The rules are really clean and really fast. You can play a game of it in like a couple of hours. You can play it on a chess clock because all the oil nice. or dice in, in your turn only you will dice. So it's not like you back and forth. So it's all activation based. All the, all the best um, games I've played on chess clocks. Yeah, exactly. That's entirely true. Um, so it's, very, it's, Ooh, it's very really nice. clean, tight. You can play a you know a full size game in like you know under two hours and. Like like all good games, you don't need to take the rule book with you to tournaments because they're all so clean. Everyone knows them, and it's fine. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, and also they have regular rules updates and um, you know balance passes and stuff. So it's really, really good. Um, seen some amazing like army displays at events where they've yeah, been same. running Kings of War at the same time. Like I saw one guy who had like a full Chaos Dwarf Mountain display board with like little mine carts running down it. Yes, oh that sounds yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah because like in, in, in Kings of War, unlike in Warhammer, for example, the units are all set, standardized set sizes. So your footprint of a of unit is, is a standardized size. So mm-hmm. what's on the basis of relevant? You could play it with, with MDF bases if you wanted anything else. Um, so even though it's a mass combat game, it's basically a game with 13, 14 blocks that move around the board. Um, right, and, right. and for that reason, you can model what you want on that blocks. You could do your models and everything else fighting, but you can do dioramas on each, on each base, or you know. It's basically a skirmish game, just with really big models, isn't it? Yeah, like essentially, <laughs> like it's yeah. essentially you've yeah. got thirteen models, and they're just they yeah. Just you won't you won't huge. get more than sort of fifteen models, fifteen units, really, unless you're playing a mad spam list, really. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really well, good, really good game, and you can teach someone the rules nice. for it in maybe an hour, and then play it. Nice, yeah. So, yeah, I really like it. Really like it a lot. Um, it's interesting because obviously I played a lot of Warhammer back in the day. And looking at new Wham Old World, it's interesting how that's kind of like a time cap, a time capsule, right? Because the rules have that hasn't changed that much. And so, oh, this is a game mm-hmm. I lived ten years ago. Reading it now, so oh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's, so um, on the subject of games that went away and have come back, uh, the, I, I thought the Warhammer was a segue, Andrew. I'm going I'm to take the advantage to use that as a segue. That, that's, on, that's on purpose, absolutely on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like, you, like you planned it, like it was. Uh, and the could do with segues. You're not meant, you know, you're just meant to move seamlessly through it and not, not draw massive attention to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, think, I feel like we're doing well. Um, I think we should talk about the fact uh, that there's been an announcement about a Go Ball. Now, before we start, um, I was planning on being positive about this, but Steve told me off air to be the bad cop. I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 the fact you had to go back, you had to go back and censor your earliest comments on the internet about the return of this game. That's really funny. Wait, I want to hear what you were gonna write that you had to censor. That no, actually did, sounds did, more right, exciting. So it, to it was on YouTube for about an hour, but I deleted it afterwards. I guess. Okay. Um, but I, I want to put, put it somewhere where no one will hear it, like on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no one will see it. Okay. Um, yeah. So as of literally this evening, uh, Steamforged have announced a, a sort of, I guess, a sort of a very soft return to Guild Ball. Is that fair to say? Um, with a print-on-demand of models for it. Right. So they said they posted this on YouTube, and it's like a, I don't know, like a 14-minute video or whatever. But they they said that they're doing print-on-demand for all the previous models, or all the models. Um, and they also said that they are, they, meaning, I guess, Matt and Rich and then um, Jamie Perkins, have taken the Guild Ball community project rules, which you, Steve, among a bunch of other people, have been working on so hard for the last couple of years, last, I guess, three or four years now. Um, and you, they took a look at it and they have some stuff that they want to keep and some stuff that they want to change, but they're going to release... Matt called it a classic rule set, which is like an amazingly useless choice of terms. I think there's there's no question that this is not classic Guild Ball, which is fine. I'm not saying it should be, but like it's, it's definitely a new one. thing. Season one. Bring it back. <laughs> season one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is like a video game reboot, one. and they're going to call it... <laughs> they're going to call it Guild Ball Season 1, and it's like totally different from anything. But um, And then... They also sort of said in that coy way that only Steamforge can do that they might 
continue working on it maybe in the future if people buy a lot of the print-on-demand models, which, um, well, we'll get into each of these points, but that's definitely the most spurious and least reliable claim that they made. And then they also said they're doing a Q&A, like a public Q&A tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. this podcast will almost certainly go out. <laughs> so we're recording it before the Q and A. Hell yeah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we can do. You guys are geniuses. I can see why. I can see why you're the ninth best podcast of all time. Yeah, yeah, we smashed it we smashed all time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not even qualified by Gilball, Alex. Just the mm, ninth you, best podcast. That's pretty kind of you. It's basically, I just, think... just Ira Glass and us. Like that's. I like... don't really listen to a lot of podcasts, so you guys might be the ninth best podcast I've ever listened to. I think that's yeah, probably okay. pretty true. Uh, we'll take it, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, better than that tackle truck stuff anyway. That's, uh, Definitely, that's a hard yeah. 10. Yeah, that's, that's a strong 10. And, and also, yeah. also you, haven't, you haven't listened to that yet, so it's... Uh, I, I listened to my own episode for the first time last week because I was trying to remember something Nate said to me. But anyway, um, so what do you guys think about this announcement? What do we think, Andrew? Yeah, what's your, your first reaction? And I'll, I'll give the official community project line on it, shall I? Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Oh... Okay, so they, um, I always knew this day would come, right? That's a very, very, very much way of saying it, but I, I knew at some point that they'd, they'd say something to try, try and bring it back. In mm-hmm. fact, they kept a hold, hold of the IP. I thought it was pretty much inevitable. I thought it'd be much further down the line. I don't think it'd be now. I thought it'd be like in five years' time or something. Um, and I was, I, was, I was always braced for the impact of, of being cross and um, I thought you know I've, it's been a long time I'm, but I'm still pretty cross about it, it turns out um, so it was interesting it was an interesting reaction um, sorry interesting video sorry because they were talking about the apology and they said the apology was 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 mistaken and they said yeah it was yeah it wasn't they all agreed um, but they now please correct me if I'm wrong about this but they in my mind they said we aren't sorry about what we said. We're sorry about the way we said it. We said that we, it was it was it was the it was the wrong way of delivering it. But actually, what we said was was correct to a large degree. Now, is that what you got from that? Because that's what I got from that. I got correct decision, bad messaging. That's uh, what correct I correct decision, bad took messaging. So, are they are they still saying that their points of view? were were correct because point of view they said in their original post was for example they said that um it was the community's fault for being too competitive which basically means like sponsor's fault effectively. Yeah. nice hell yeah i mean yeah. No, you're you're flattering me a lot of a lot of people worked together to kill the game was literal actually you know to kill kill the game <laughs> um and they mentioned that of course in the episode in the episode oh, because interesting because of course I mean, Guild Wars was marketed as a very competitive game from the onset, or, or told them from the onset. After all, it came out of, came out of War Machine, which obviously is very competitive as well. Um, yeah. In that same article, they mentioned COVID um, being an issue to the game's development. Because remember, if you remember um, that same year, Steve, on a podcast, they released the field test. Remember that? And I believe Matt Hart came onto our podcast and talked about the field test a fair bit. Um, but by then we learn afterwards they'd already planned to kill the game because they'd ceased R and D in the game before Christmas. Mm. Um so COVID had nothing to do with it. In fact they fired their staff before COVID. They just kept them on through COVID because of the furlough payments kept them going. If you weren't aware of people who listened for different countries, basically the government paid people to have employment over COVID anyway. Mm-hmm. And effectively that kept people in employment 
rightly so for, for longer. Um, so the reasons they gave at the time were either mistaken, in bad faith, or just wrong. So are they saying those statements were correct or not? Because to me, they didn't actually take back what they said. They just said they delivered it in the wrong way. Yeah, it's a challenge you want to say, and, and I think I, I, I'm going to try and play medium cop on this, I think, Andrew. And I think <laughs> medium they, cop. Medium cop. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some sort of new triptych. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I guess I guess it's a bit of like, where are we now and what happened then? Um, a little bit for me. And like, I, I think I, the original announcement about it, I think, landed as badly with me as it did with anyone, I think, on the last time we recorded about the death of Gilbo, and I was the one sort of drunkenly spitting blood, and you were being a little bit more moderate than I was. Um, <laughs> so, but I think where, I guess from from the perspective of the stuff we've done on the community project, right, this, this has been a lot of work to keep the game running for a couple of years, and we very quickly essentially realised that without miniatures there isn't a game ultimately like you know you can you mm-hmm. can keep it yeah. ticking over it's hard, but it's, it's just diminishing returns yeah, of the yeah. same people and it's like what the war gamers like they like shiny things they like miniatures you know like yeah. you know Absolutely. they like having product and they like having being able to do that so i think from that perspective like the only viable you know and i was talking the other day about actually when we we're chatting i was chatting to someone about mcp versus guild ball and part of me does like MCP's a good game and I, and I like it and mm-hmm. it's got a lot of strengths to it. There's definitely stuff that that Guild Ball does that it doesn't. And it's, you know, in terms of like the setup and the play, the play style and, and what you can do with it as a game and it's and yeah, and I just it's a really good game system. So if we want that system to exist in the world out with of a small and, and dwindlingly niche community, then then someone needs to make miniatures for it. And to be honest with you, having worked on the kickstarter that the global community project ran it's not going to be us that kickstarter was really hard work and i didn't really do much on it. i don't want to do kickstarters in my spare time and i don't no, think yeah. any of us yeah. do Crazy amount of work. and and then also steamforge still on the ip for the vast majority of the teams we could only kickstart to make models for teams that don't exist or get into licensing challenges on that and we don't want to do that either so so i think the idea that there would be minis available is basically only a good thing for the game ultimately i think you know look i think there's a lot of like how will this follow through and how will that work out and they've they got in touch with us at the weekend we spoke to them neil's inspiring hat and i spoke to them last night we talked a bit about how might the community and steamforge work together going forwards on on rules and on the erratas uh and you know and we don't know how that'll play out so this it might be the most wonderful thing on earth and we'll all skip around happily hand in hand and it might be a total fucking train wreck and we all fall out and never speak to each other but we don't know but the conversation's there to be had so i think i think i i think that's why we said like as the community project we basically were like well what do we think of this as a collective group and we thought well, we're sort of cautiously optimistic i don't think we fully are like this is wonderful but i think if we want to see a future for the game, I think it needs the base needs to be miniatures in production, and they are the people that can do it. Steamforged. Yeah, I think I pretty much agree with Steve. Like when you asked Andrew, like what did you get from what they said about the messaging and stuff? I, I realized I like had kind of already forgotten what they said. Not not what they said four years ago, but what they said in the video that was posted today. Oh really? Like I I don't really. Oh sorry, what'd you say? I was going with you. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like, I guess 
so, you know, when, when Guild Ball was still alive and being supported by Steamforge, one of the things that everybody in the community basically agreed on, um, even while we all loved the game and were supporting it, is that Steamforge was, like, always did a terrible job with messaging. And they, like, they like constantly had to go back on things that they said or change things that they said, and they disappointed people a lot. Um, and also just had, like, other weird public relations issues, I think, throughout it. And I guess, to me, it's like... Um, when you, when you can't trust somebody's word anymore, the only thing that you can believe them on is, like, shit that they actually do. Like, not what they say they're gonna do, but, like, shit that they actually do. And so, I guess, I, I 100% agree with Steve about the models existing being good. And even before this thing came out, and I had no, I had no advanced knowledge of this. Like, I'm friends with Steve and Mike and a couple other people on the, on the, GBCP uh, community or the the um, I don't know board or whatever, but and the mighty steering, yeah the committee the committee steering committee yeah yeah. <laughs> but nobody told me anything about this before today, so I didn't yeah. I didn't know any of this was happening. Um, but even so, in the last like two weeks or so, I just kind of been talking to people and noticed that there are a fair amount of people playing Guild Ball in real life again now, mostly in the United Kingdom, mostly not in the US, so it's not something that I can personally act on, but it made me more excited to, like, follow the game anyway. And so, if Steamforge doing print-on-demand means more people start playing again, then I think that's pretty cool. Um, how they do this new rules thing, and how they interact with what the community project has already done like all the work that they put in that kind of matters a lot to me for whether i think this is like a positive thing but we won't know until they post that and we won't know until they start working with niels and steve and mike and everyone else or don't start or whatever but whatever it is that they expect to do and then i'll kind of revise my opinion about it once they start doing that but the idea that Gilball is, like, sort of tacitly associated with a game company again, like an official game company, and has, like, an acknowledgement of its existence, I think is probably good for people who want to keep playing the game. And I think that's about as much as I can say about it. And, and it, it did kind of give me... It's, like, a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, because it's not... I want to treat Steamforge like just a faceless company, basically. Like, you know, it's just... I don't, I don't have any don't personal feelings though. about it. Um, what do you say? Sorry, I don't think you, you can really. Yeah, Steamforge because they've made pains to pass, making sure they're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's and that's what I was going to say. Sort of is that it did. It's a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth seeing specifically Matt and Rich talk about this, just because those are the same guys who said stuff that really made me mad a few years ago. And I think, um, but I, I didn't actually check before I got on the podcast here, but I think I'm still blocked by both of them on Twitter. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, it's not like, it's been a while, and ultimately it's miniature wargaming, it's not the most serious thing in the world, it's not even my career, um, but it's still a little weird to see these guys who I thought were kind of jerks and kind of assholes and stuff talk about this stuff, but I'm, if, if it's better for the gaming community in general, I'm willing to ignore that and mostly focus on what the company actually does one way or the other, so... Yeah, I don't know. That's basically where I'm at. I, I think that the actions thing is a fair point, I think. And yeah, I, I kind of... I think I sort of... Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I guess one of the interesting things about this is they sort of look at me pretending uh, I'm, I'm on the side of everything's wonderful um, <laughs> is I think like on a really basic level, like 
the workload to basically turn all of the existing guilds into STL files for POD, that's quite a lot of miniatures. Like, you know, we don't mm-hmm. have the quality slide, we don't know how they'll produce out, but like from the conversations we had, they have been through every single model in the Guild Ball collection yeah. and re-engineered it for POD. So that that is some work. This there you know, this is not an empty piece of work that's been done even so far. Right. So that that itself is a thing. And I think the interesting idea I do like the idea of releasing like brewers. They they've said they'll release brewers and masons as free. Um, uh, yeah, 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 the the kickoff or whatever. Yeah, yeah, kickoff is basically free, entirely mm-hmm. free now. So that on a really basic level is, you know, that's pretty nice. Now, I don't, I don't know quite how that plays out. Yeah, I don't know if what they do is release the STL files and you have to print them yourself. So if you don't have printer, like, but like even then, the files for something being free is yeah, that's an interesting thing to do. So, but I think yeah, I think what what I think we'll see is how does this play out and how does it work out. But I think undoubtedly for me, this is better than the situation for Guild Ball was yesterday. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. If someone questions I... where do you get models, you can go on eBay for the you can go on eBay for the kickoff set. You can probably <laughs> there's probably still a pallet of rat catchers and blacksmiths and folks <laughs> and steam forged HQ you can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you missed the glory days of that in the States but like literally every single event in the UK was like had, um, do you want 800 had, boxes everyone, of rack everyone got, a, everyone got a free box of both guilds like <laughs> oh, God. yeah no I remember please yeah. take them I mean the, the rumour I heard about that which I don't know if it's true but it, you know was that they literally just accidentally like someone literally just put a zero on the order number it was like, well, wow. how do we increase sales to increase? That's zero. That seems fine. An extra, you know, an exponential increase of product sales seems fine. Jesus. But, now that may not be true, right? That is literally yeah. a rumor. But like, but mm-hmm. the fact it's even plausible, I think, shows you where we were before. And I think also like one of the things that did long kill Guild Ball was the fact they basically ceased production for two years. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't even before this whole the whole thing about like the players being not what Steamforge wanted or competitive play killing Guild Ball or whatever. I mean, it was very clear that Guild Ball was already not doing well, and it was very clear that the reason for that was that they could not get through like a single month of releases without something going wrong, like something being delayed clubs. three months or whatever. Say like you know, can I get into this game by these guilds and go? You can't because they're a metal. They discontinued. They aren't a PVC. They aren't in resin. You can't buy these guilds, and that was a long time. So that they they, they, yeah. they skewed in one direction to the next. I guess I yeah. I, I assume they wanted to make everything PVC originally, um, and they realised they made models of that with that models that didn't actually have a face. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, and then they went into making sort of some of them in resin, like they made like lovely morticians of resin set, gorgeous models. Um, but the economy just slewed from one direction to the next, and the supply chain was an issue for years before this, wasn't it? And then the, the, the campaign yeah. for Indiegogo, which had a um, an astronomically high. Oh, I forgot about that. It yeah. was was it, yeah. was it was it 100k per guild to make or something? It was something crazy prices, um, crazy number of sets that have to sell, and they made a lot of they got a lot of bids, but nowhere near enough. Like it was such a high number, they yeah. were never going to succeed unless they had a massive resurgence overnight, and that basically killed that idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like in the years since Guild Ball was cancelled. I anybody who's asked, I've told them, you know, the, the thing that they said about the community and stuff, which was shitty. But the thing that I've told them that what actually happened is that they spent two years failing to produce models for Guild Ball. Basically, I mean, they were just like they, there were there were like two years where if you were an established player, 
you had nothing to buy because you'd already bought everything. And if you were a new player, half the shit you wanted was out of stock. It's like, wow, great. What a, what a great way to build a business. I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. and I think it's interesting. Yeah, and then there's a whole question about, I think this has been talked about in other forums, but, you know, like the speculation is, that, you know, there was a lot of, there was a substantial amount of private equity into the company mm-hmm. at that point. What they're going to want to see is returns. If you look at something that's losing money, what are you going to do? Are you going to say... Oh, that's losing money because we, a miniatures company, are struggling to produce miniatures. Thanks for buying stock in us, by the way. Or yeah. are you going to say <laughs> the game doesn't work, the player base doesn't work? Like, yeah. and like that. So I could see that. That's that's how. With my old work hat on, when I when before I went to work for an NGO in the land of doing all things good, when I was a strategy guy and a lobbyist, I. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be how I'd play that, like that line. Yeah. I can see, I see how you end up in that, and then I, yeah, and then I think you end up then. But the thing is, you have to be a company that's very good at communications to then sell that message. And I think you, it's a fair point. They were never their comms yeah. was never great, and and that was half the charm originally was that they were just <laughs> yeah. sort of like slightly messy, chaotic thing that it seemed to have accidentally, you know, sort of panned for gold somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Like prospectors out on town spending it all on rum when they should really be going back east or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah, so so I, yeah, so I think it'll be interesting. I, I don't know, like, what was your, I guess, in the interim with Gilball, like, what did you think, that, what have you thought of the last few years? Because I'm like you, Alex, I think I was thinking a bit about it. I sort of haven't really played... I played an in-person event a couple of years ago that the Glory Goals guys did, and I've not really played since. And that's more because, like, I moved towns, and there's not a mm-hmm. you know place Gilball there, so I don't you know used to still play with some of the London guys. So I've probably not played for like eighteen months, two years. And like you, I think I well, I think I did a combination of both of you. I bounced around Infinity for a bit, mm-hmm. and then ended up basically yeah, then ended up on MCP this year. Um, with the uh, how well can a bunch of washed up guild ball players do at the MCP WTC uh, with with minimal training? So where JJ Connor and I all went to MCP WTC, uh, that was yeah. that was that was nice because we saw actually one of the highlights of that is like we literally saw a bunch of old guild ball guys like you know like yeah. we saw we saw the Germans, we saw Sonny, we saw Martin Rockefeller, we saw Kim Pipers from Belgium. You know we literally kept playing mm-hmm. against other ex guild ball players. That was really nice. But I guess. Andrew, I think for you and for Botsy, what what's your sort of reflections on Guild Ball as a game? Like, where do you, where do you think it sits? I guess in terms of like, what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, what's what will be good about it coming back? Um, so this is me being bad cop still or or not? I think we've got the so we, we <laughs> do we, it. We, be, be Andrew cop. Be, be yourself. Yeah, whatever cop Ross. you really are. Yeah, stop being my puppet, like my, my rhetorical <laughs> puppet, because uh, <laughs> that's it. Um, I mentioned this on on um, on on Discord today. Um, I mean, Gilball has made me um, a lot of friends who I still see now, or occasionally get good about podcasts with. Um, <laughs> and it, in a roundabout way, got me my my current career. Um, and so it was literally the friends made a long way. And I know for a fact there are some mates in the area now who still meet up and play the game with each other in Nottingham, right? Mm. And um, you can play it at many, I think the, one of the benefits of Guild Ball is you can play it at many different levels. You can play it at the uber competitive level, which I guess you might know something about. Um, or, or you can just play it, you can just play it for a laugh and you go, I'm going to do this thing and kick around and everything else. I mean, obviously the problem is if you've played two different levels in the same game, you can have a bad, a bad time. Um, 
potentially. But you can have you can be play. They're learning. They're just learning, Andrew. <laughs> you were always <laughs> whenever that happens, you're learning something. But you can, like, you can play. You. You can play not me. Levels. I'm not learning anything when we play. But you're learning. One of the um, good things that could come from this is if people meet up with friends they haven't seen for a long time and people reconnect with each other because people meet each other. Some people only meet with each other through playing games, right? So some mm-hmm. friends only only meet up. Gaming is a, is a social thing, and some people won't see each other. Like you said, there they don't see. Some people they didn't see each other uh, for years because of that. Um, I, I was talking to to Campbell um, and David a couple weeks ago um, uh, from on, Double Dodge, right? Yeah, yeah, um, the, the Aussie podcast. Because yeah. I talked to them for ages. It's lovely to have a brief chat with them, and you know, meeting up people who never ever met, met before in foreign countries was brilliant and I think um, I do that through gaming and if a game can reinforce or, or bring back new connections and bring people closer together I think that's a great thing in itself right um, and in, in a company shouldn't stand in the way of that but as you correctly said Steve it does because people don't play games that are dead it's interesting you mentioned the Warhammer thing again um, is that there's the internet's full right now people dusting off the old armies you know, getting out of the yeah. old, the old, the old sort of lizard men from whatever from from ten years ago and going, I can play now. It's like, well, you could have played Warhammer for years. Like, they all haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but people don't. You know, as soon as the, game, the company drops the game, people don't play it much anymore, which is mad. But you're right, people don't do it. Um, so, if it gets people to to you know, for example, I'd love to get to go to Glory Goals event again. You know, in that in that uh, in that pub, they run events in and have a game there. I mean, I can barely remember there was a guild war now. I only own one guild, not the butchers. I've never even played before, um, but, <laughs> but I kept them. So I thought it'd be easy easy mode for, for play again. Um, just yeah. kill things a few hours. Um, and oh, right. uh, free masons, free brewers now, Andrew. There you go. You've got three. <laughs> yeah, you got three guilds. <laughs> right, yeah. um, You're back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and if it gets you to meet meet mates again, I mean, so be it. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I am very cynical about the intentions behind it. Um, although I know that they obviously have a lot of love for the game because um, that's pretty mm-hmm. clear from them making it in the first place. But um, obviously, when you have a company where money is involved, it gets very blurry, doesn't it? Very fast indeed. Um, but, but then I guess the same is true of I'm going to play. I'm going to play a sort of counterpoint, which you know that's the same is true with GW with the old world. I mean, right? That's mm-hmm. that's. That's total war shifted bloody millions of well, copies I mean, online, and I'm not, not going to spend. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it back in workshop because every every other video does that on the internet. But um, you yeah, know, I'm, sure there, <laughs> I'm sure there's a reason why they changed from 20 mil bases to 25 mil bases. It wasn't because they wanted the game to be better. It's because they wanted everyone to use new mar- use new, new armies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about the guys. Like, what about the game itself? I guess like having mm. having reflected on it a bit, like and and I guess compared to other games you've played, so like, where, where do you see played... the strengths of weaknesses of Guild War? Even up, up until Kings of War recently i've not played a game as clean as guild ball since yeah. i mean mm. kings is the rules are very clean but even that hasn't got the precision of guild ball but it doesn't need it as much you've got much larger but larger, mm. larger distances um and it's fairly balanced as well with a fairly good community in terms of handling it um but for example playing infinity that was a game i played after guild ball it was such a different experience um because in that you can't just pick up in in half an hour, and mm-hmm. I've had get, I've had times where I've arranged to play a game of Infinity with a friend, and we haven't played because actually we haven't played for two months, and we can't be asked to reel in the rules, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not the case. That would be the case for 
for Gilball or what well, might Infinity be feels slightly like um second edition Epic Space Marine, like where you know, where it's like so thematic. Everything's so thematic, but it's like but it is like you need to play with a rule book in your hand. And um, yeah, what would be you, Alex? What, what what do you think compared like yeah, on yeah. A, yeah, and also I guess specifically with MCP and I am happy sure. to talk about that as well because I I found the comparison quite interesting. Yeah, um yeah, I mean I think I think Guild Ball is still pretty clearly my favorite tabletop game that I've played. Um, I, it doesn't mean that I think that all other tabletop games don't have merits or anything. But I mean, the <clears throat> I guess I, for me, I want the tabletop gaming experience to be like clean and competitive and focused on like a lot of micro decisions and really tightly played, tightly played on the clock, too, which I think Guildball is also good at. And actually, a downside of Guildball is that I think I kind of disagree with you, Andrew. I kind of think Guildball has to be played on the clock. I think a lot of people... No, no, you know, you know I think you're right thinking about it, because I think yeah. if you then play... Like the, yeah. the worst yeah. games of Guildball I've ever played were all the old games. Where, yeah. yeah. Because you can just keep and like, the game going, you just hide in the corner or whatever, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it adapt, um, you know, comparing to Marvel, I guess, so Marvel has... Maybe like three things that I think are better than Guild Ball. One is you don't have to play on the clock. The game kind of resolves itself after a certain amount of time, even if you aren't clocked. And also it has a hard end, which exactly. Guild Ball only does by points. Well, first of all, Marvel, I think, just gets resolved quicker in general. But also... Yeah, it's, it's got six turns and you score yeah. and it's first to 16. So okay. either you time out, of t you run yeah. out of actions, or you run out of... Uh, or, you, or you score out. Right, right. And... Then the other another thing that I think it's better than Guild Ball. I this is this is debatable, and I'm not even sure I always think this like every day. But the way that the scenario, which is like the way that you score points in Marvel, is set up, means that there's a lot more reasons to interact. So there are fewer legitimate strategies that are intentionally uninteractive in Marvel. They still exist. Um, and they still are strong when they do exist, for sure. And I mean, I think that's kind of a natural state of asymmetric tabletop games to some extent. But I think Marvel does a better job of incentivizing you to hit each other more, like yeah. interact I, more. As with you each say, other. it definitely doesn't stop it. You know, like, like Connor Rooney's told me about a game, you know, a final he's played with Patrick Dunford at the London thing, where, you know, where it was, you know, like season three Guild Ball. They literally, yeah. no one came off their deployment line. They were just like, we are not interacting, like, because whoever does yeah. that. So it's still, but I agree with you because you've got that, you know, you're, you're fighting over objectives. You've got that forced interaction, don't you? And specifically, where, like, so there are two types of crisis, two types of, uh, scenario in marvel and you have both in each game like one of each mm. one of them is called an extract which you don't need to know but it's basically like the guild ball ball meaning somebody picks it up and moves it away right so that's uninteractive for sure but then there's another thing called the secure which is like king of the hill it's like it puts a, a couple points on the board that do not move like you you are fighting over it's where they are but yeah, and so because both of those exist, there's like more reason to be in the center of the board in general. Though I like I'm also, and maybe this is a particular brain disease of former guild ball players, but I'm also playing a faction that is like really focused on taking as many of the extracts, the mobile ones, as possible, and then running away with them. So I spend a lot of games staying as far away from my opponent as possible now, um, and I love it. But so are you going to kill MCP as well then? 
No, no, I'm not good enough for that. Somebody <laughs> will, I'm sure, but um, but I don't think it will be me. But uh, one of the things I found that was interesting about MCP compared to Gilball, thinking about the two, was actually though so interesting because MCP, I think the model numbers are high. You know, there's more models and there's more factions. But mm, actually, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I found like, and this might be. I find faction homogeneity slightly higher in MCP because you can basically take any model and put it in your roster. So actually, yeah. the sort of the color pie of the factions is is sort of less extreme than in Guild Ball. And in Guild Ball changed at the end, I think, with the third captains. That was one of the, uh, that was a interesting decision. And in the third captains actually, in several cases, like wrecked the design space of the guilds. Yeah. Like you know, like like say Soma and Rivet basically just ate. Mm. Suddenly, meant these these guilds were in design space they shouldn't have been in. But right. I do. I was thinking about that playing MCP, like because I've been jumping factions a bit, and I've been playing mostly kind of slightly fighty factions. But like, mm -hmm. but it was like, oh, these are all they're quite similar yeah. in a way that I think they're not as extremely varied as Guild Ball factions were. Yeah, no, I think that's true, and I also think it's probably as as MCP gets to be an older game in yeah. general, I think it's going to be harder to avoid that because I think the the best players are going to get better. And when the best players get better, they usually tend to agree more on what's really strong. So you'll you'll see a lot of the same models across factions. Um, I totally agree with that. And I think it, another thing in Guildball's favor, and really I do th I do think that Guildball is still my favorite tabletop game. But another thing in Guildball's favor is I think that the playbook is remains the single best tabletop game mechanic I've ever seen. Like I think the way how it's it's so expressive in such a small amount of real estate on the card. It like determines how a character behaves super efficiently, and you can do a lot of creative stuff with it, both from the design side, like creating new playbooks, but also just as a player, when a playbook is designed well on a, on a card, it feels extremely complex. The things you can do with them and how you can interact with the board and everything. And I, I think it's so so good and so expressive and i don't think there's anything quite like that in marvel there's other cool stuff about marvel for sure yeah. no question but um yeah this isn't a, like let's rag on other games sort of thing but yeah yeah yeah, yeah of I, course i think that is like a fundamental strength of it i think that i think the i think the the original sort of way the factions were so mm -hmm. expressly sort of thematic and faced their, their sort of color pie and i and actually also i think the thing the playbook does really well is i think there's an assumption that games with spikes are fun and I think mm. the point is, games with spikes are sometimes fun. Yeah, you know, totally. Like, you know, like so, the, you know, like a, so you talk about Infinity, Andrew. Like you know, when we played that, I played a tournament for that, and I spiked someone's tag, like the big battle walker you get off the table with a little guy that was eight points, and that was funny. Like, but <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But like, uh, but if I did that like three games in a row, it's like great. I I rolled really high three games in a row, and if yeah, I sure am playing the game, yeah, yeah. And and if you're the opponent, you're like. Cool. I took a thing. It happen, that. I mean, that's pretty unlikely. No, but you know what I mean. It's like it's yeah, that's, yeah. I think I think there's an assumption that spikes are inherently really fun things, and actually, yeah. that that you know sort of benefit newer players. And I'm not totally sure I believe that. Actually, like having having come to a game that is MCP is quite spiky. Having come new yeah, to that, totally. it didn't take me more than like three games of MCP to be like. I'm going to play, you know, like not a top tier faction because I bought the cheapest box I could buy, but I was like, I'm going to play a faction. That counts blanks. Like I'm gonna play core. Yeah, consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because totally. It's consistent, and the dice are wildly inconsistent. In this game, I'm just gonna do everything to stack that in my favor um, and manage that out. That's fine. Carry on. Okay. Well, just the other thing I was gonna say is the combination of the playbooks and how dice pools are created, specifically that like crowdouts and gang ups makes yeah. it feels like 
you there there's just like a ton of skill expression in every position of every model at like basically the entire time throughout a game of guild ball and so i think i guess i just think that it feels like a very nuanced and deep competitive experience that's worth mastering like worth worth learning deeply from start to finish of like almost every guild ball game. I mean, obviously, if they're if if you're like a god at the game and the other person you're playing against has only played twice, then it's probably not going to be very interesting. But everything other than that, it feels like you always have something to optimize. You always have something to learn, and I think that's really cool. And I I don't I think the best games of Marvel or the best games of War Machine totally feel like that. But I feel like more games of guild ball feel like that more often. So that's what I like about it. Interesting. Here's a question for you then: If if Gilbert wasn't wasn't murdered uh, and it, it was financially doing fine, and it, it, mm. it, it, you know alternate reality where it came out of money, do we think at some point it would have run out of design space? For example, would guilds have got taller and taller? Would it, would it have got wider and wider with more guilds? Mm. At what point would it have capped out? Would, would it have capped out? Do you think in terms of space? We've, we've thought about this quite a lot on the community projects. We ended up thinking about what do you logically do? So you logically fill out the minor guilds. And then I think the the bit that actually was the big design space limiter, we thought, I well, I was thought, and I think Mike and I sort of chatted about this quite a bit, was if you could do anything with it and you're going to keep it viable, the third captains were a design error, right? You don't want to take mm-hmm. people's toys away from them, but they ate too much. So you take like Soma, for example, and Alchemists, like suddenly just giving Alchemists this incredibly fighty model. Yeah, like, where you're like, so I can now really. So if you play alchemists, you can really easily kill two models, because but you're actually a football team. So suddenly mm-hmm. it, it it removes some of those decision points that you're talking about, Alex, because it makes it like yeah. I can do anything. Like there's no, there's no yeah, totally, and balance so will always hurt that yeah. for sure. So I think in order to free space up, if you wanted to add more guilds, the way you free more space up, you should make all the third captains into squaddies. So you oh, that's take interesting. toys away from them, but you just make the third captains into squaddies that do that kind of odd stuff, and you take the interesting bits of their design. So say with, like, Rivet, you take Rivet's toe, but you don't yeah. take the fact she, when she came out, she just murder any model in the game if she wanted. or you know. Yeah. And so you, I think there's stuff you could do with that that would then give you more space if you wanted to add additional guilds on it. Because mm. I think the actual, the big designs, the, the limit thing that you want is the captains. And I think beyond that, you can sort of... I think you do hit up against headroom for squaddy numbers, and we ended yeah. up with that. When we looked at Aratus, you're like... You know, I think... Uh, I think you're a couple... We, we chatted a couple months ago, didn't we, about Vet Gutter that Niels had redesigned being... Um, and I think we fairly overshot that. But the, but what we're mm-hmm. as soon as you're competing against strong models, you have to make other models stronger for them to get picked, and so on. So you, you can't just have, like, 18 strong rosters, because... Yeah. But what you could do, I think, is is the other one you could do is blend rosters, which I think you've talked about before, Alex. Which is like, yeah, you make minor because that's the other that would be an interesting compositional thing because then you have some genuine squad selection dilemmas. Whether it's what you use right. your twelve is which two squaddies do which which captain do I drop, which two squaddies do I drop, and which mascot do I drop? Yeah, Whereas, do I want any of these eighteen models in this combination? It's more interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I mean, you know, if there, if you really got to a point where like the the balance is too tough, I mean, maybe it's time for a new edition or something like that. Like, I'm not saying right now, but like in general, you could you yeah, could yeah. do something more extreme like that. And like, I think, um, you know, Vince, Vince and Pat and Nate and I have talked about this before. Of course, you know, plenty of times over the last few years. Not 
indicating that we were actually going to do anything about it. But just like, if I was king for a day, what would I change and stuff? And I think Vince came up with a couple of cool ideas, mostly to do with like, that I, that I wanted to add on to as well, that mostly to do with like how the ball works and how scoring works. Like try to, try to figure out a way to force people to pass the ball around more and make, make kind of like a gradient of scoring, like make, make there a way for you to get two points from a goal in like a shittier way and then make, make there a way for four points to have more requirements or something. So people interact more. So, I mean, those are all conceptual, big conceptual things, but I think, like, space to play with is the point, I think. Yeah. yeah. The, the other one I think you would look at for that and that big picture stuff, like, you know, the mm-hmm. king for it, is you'd, like, one of the things that is really good about Marvel is their clap back mechanic. It's not true. equivalent yeah. of that in Go Ball. Really, you know, one of the. So in Marvel, basically, you, like, basically, the more damage a character takes, essentially, the more momentum and power they have and the more yeah. really strong shit they can do. And at some point, you basically, and you basically have two sides on your. You have a you know, healthy side and an injured side. But once you lose your healthy side for the rest of that turn, you can't be attacked. Yeah. So essentially what happens is you really injure someone and then they come back and they go crazy. So you can beat, you right. can feel like you're winning by... So actually, for for example, like, you know, injuring everyone on the opposition team one turn can easily lose you the game because the next yeah. turn they come back and wipe you out because they have much more resource than you do. And I think one of the issues Guild Ball had was about that being able to go bottom top. Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. And so, so there's some way of breaking that and putting some sort of clapback mechanic. And actually, also, for example, like you're sort of doubly punished for taking casualties in a way that you're not for conceding goals. Because if you take casualties, your opponent's gaining lots of momentum in goal ball. Yeah, you know, I'm right. hitting this model, I'm getting loads and loads of momentum. But if you score a goal, that's really mem- you. You give up the ball, the best resource in the game, and you give up momentum. Yeah. To do it. So so there's an unequal weighting of benefits sometimes in it. And I think you could change the, the weighting of that, for example, would be another way you could you could play around with the game if you wanted to, you know, expand the design space. Yeah, and there's like in Guild Ball the the fact that you can go bottom top, like you're saying, is like uh <clears throat> it's playing around that strategically is very interesting in Guild Ball. Like, trying to aim for it, trying to set it up, trying to avoid it, etc., etc. But also, I think that's, like, a pain point balance-wise that Steamforge always struggled with, is, like, if if a player is successfully able to go last and then first in two subsequent turns, oftentimes that, like, wins the game on its own. Yeah. Like, that's, like, a sufficient... a sufficient advantage that it's just, like, a kill, basically. It's just It just ends the game. And so... I think, yeah, playing playing again, which they they had to change multiple times in the short lifespan of Guild Ball already. But playing again with how initiative is determined, who who's going first on a given turn, might be another way that they change. But I think Andrew, to your your question in general, yeah, I think I think Guild Ball would eventually run up on some design space issues. Like there there would probably be a point where like adding more shit to the game would be bad for the game. Like, it might be good for sales or whatever, but it would be bad for the game. I just don't think, and I think everybody's, I think a lot of people who were really dedicated to the game understood that, always either implicitly or explicitly said that. But it it just felt like that when it did die, we weren't there yet. You know, it was like, it was too early. It was a premature death. It wasn't like... I mean, that was, was, well, I think that was one of the things that helped us with the community project. It was like, the obvious train of development was so clear... Like, right, right, it's four right. guilds you never made, and like, yeah, and like, you made one and a half of them because it's you know it's, it's hard, hard work. work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, um, 
so I saw the kill of the, of the game. Of the game. Oh, by the way, here's the guilds you would have won. It's like cool. Cheers. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we and we did change them as well. We did. We we, we decided that mm. the uh, anti-Semitic cliche guild probably wasn't the best idea. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got rid of the money. Lend- we got rid of the money lenders guild. Yeah, that's a good thought? call. That's yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it took all of my Jewish heritage to work out that that stereotype upset me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so like, there's some space to play around with in that as well. Mm. And we actually that you know that that's one thing I think we'd be really interested in with the community project is is what do you do with those like you know what do you do with that de- essentially sort of developed minor guild? Yeah. I'm not saying it's perfect by any stretch, but that guild's probably had more playtesting than anything SFG ever put out ever. Yeah, given it's now been live in the community for over a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and then the other one we kind of you know we got as far as the design space and the artwork, and I think we came up with there's some quite cool ideas in that guild for the lumberjacks guild, and you know the mm-hmm. idea of having a model that can split into two different models and recombine sort of thing, which didn't get played with ever in Guild it's Two guys with a big saw, like you know with a big long. Oh, that's great! Saw, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, what they call cro- cross and cut? That was the idea, I think. So because a cross cut saw is that big mm-hmm. saw, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so there's stuff like that that you could play around with. So I think, yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting. I, I, so I think it'd be, it'd be interesting to see where they go on all this stuff, right? And where, and I think yeah. one of the things that worked well from the Arata perspective, I guess, that people might not have seen behind the scenes is, like, where it wasn't a group of professional game designers, so you can argue about the quality of the changes that were made, and, you know, fair enough. But, like, actually one thing that did work really well is the, the group that worked on that were maybe 10 people, and they would literally all sit down, and we'd all vote on you know what's the what's the what's the number one model you want to change what's the number two model you know and we'd basically yeah. all as a group come to an agreement okay these 10 models get changed it's why i could never get pekka ratted you couldn't the the political pitch didn't work the bane of alchemists model wouldn't, wouldn't <laughs> no no one agreed with me but uh, they needed to be better but but that was an interesting process and i think in terms of like crowdsourcing it even on a really basic process of thinking about how do you take on board what a community knows what yeah. a community feels about a game versus what a set of designers feel about a game that's quite an interesting way to do it yeah yeah hmm. so i mean that is interesting yeah given how this is being recorded on on wednesday um and t- currently timed with the q a happening tomorrow so we're going to be completely yeah. out of date i'll try and get a release before then um because let's be honest here the only thing i've got to edit out is, is alex swearing um is... oh sorry we never had swearing out the podcast we stopped doing that after no, i started that's because i stopped, you stopped doing podcast. it <laughs> you should you should have told me dude i forgot that that was the thing i'm sorry no, I, I don't think you need to worry about that andrew I think it's unnecessary well, standards um... cole what have you listened back to the episode in lockdown where you got me and all of the Glaswegians on it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think was, I think was that, the, I think, was that the shirtless one or was that a different one? That was a different one. That was a different one. That was the episode where you got my brother and sexy Daniel on, and I think sexy Daniel lasted thirty seconds before <laughs> using the C word repeatedly, uh, wow. and you gave up. So I think I think we're fine. Okay. Um, so the, the children who are the fans of this car actually, actually by now they're all grown up. Anyway, exactly. They're all adults now. Yeah, yeah exactly. They've got I mean, jobs, kids, four hundred one k. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Alex was the youngest person in Goldball, and he's got facial hair now, so it's... Yeah, uh, exactly. More than me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> one day, Andrew. One, one day. Uh, one try. Day. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I found a chest head of the week. Terrifying. Wow, congratulations. Um, anyway, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. <laughs> the Q&A. Um, what questions would you ask 
Hmm. What would you ask, Andrew? You go first. Um, so, assuming I would, I would ask something that's actually would get answered rather than ignoring it because that that twat's being salty. Let's let's ignore him. Um, Should so, you just say we're not swearing? Well, you, it seems it's fine. I said it's okay. fine. All right, tell you what, tell you what, let's address address all concerns about swearing to the Goldball Community Project here of the Inspiring Heart. Just DM him. The single out, out mailbag, and we'll read it out next. Yeah, next. It's singled out at mailbag. Point of view next. Next. Yeah. Yeah, singled out at mailbag net. That's the answer, right? That's the address. Absolutely. Anyway, I would probably ask, how do they intend on interacting with the community in a meaningful and productive way? Good question. Beyond beyond Alex. this initial spurt, because I mean, it's very very hard for me to be unbiased about this. You know, I, I, yeah. I was interacting with Steamforged f- from episode one, in fact. Um, yeah, and they've always been extremely kind with their time for us uh, and and, mm-hmm. and and everything else. So I, I was, despite all the 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 I, the, the, the the wrinkles here and there with occasionally having a media manager who refuses to, refused to talk to anyone and they got rid of that person and these bits and bobs and it, you know that sort of thing they've always been very kind with their time to us and actually a lot more easy to talk to than most of the companies um and so yeah. do they intend on talking and interacting with the community or not and you know either way is fine if they don't want to that's that's fine they're, they're, they're positive right um but they mentioned it in the video didn't they so i'd be curious to ask yeah. what they mean by that that's something else I was thinking about while we, while we were all talking about how we're responding to this, is I think that since you guys are over there, closer physically to them, um, I don't actually right, know if you're right both... There. It's off camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's like, you know, when, when you guys went to Guildball events and stuff like that, I think relative, semi-regularly there were... Yeah, yeah. Steamforged people. And, and, and also you had don't, them don't on your... Don't remind me, Alex. Like, fucking... <laughs> Rice horsed me in one of the finals, and then yeah, <laughs> and actually, when you say about games and skill sets, I think like the most like eye-opening, like I was just like, that's just so good. Was playing Fraser at one of the events when he'd first after yeah. post the Rata Miners and just seeing what he was doing and being like, ah, yeah, this yeah. is like this is I've not I've not seen some that is real, that's so totally. clever and just so so well thought through and so well executed and pivoted so quickly so yeah we did used to see the sfg guys all the time time, yeah Yeah, of course right and and like that i guess that is not our experience over here and particularly even though like i had i was on a very successful guildball podcast as far as guildball podcasts go right um and you know we talked to those guys and and i saw them at wtc and i saw them when i came over for worlds and stuff like that so we we saw them at conventions and i talked to them and was happy to but but i don't think even though i was very sad and very hurt and very angry by how they killed guildball i it didn't feel as like particularly personal to me or maybe it did immediately but that kind of faded away cuz these weren't guys that i was like best friends with i i i was friends with perkins and bryce i would say that i spoke to them pretty regularly but like matt and rich were just guys i saw yeah we never saw matt and rich i think as far as I oh remember. really okay I all right well i played rich once at events years ago yeah mm-hmm. um i know i don't think i ever i think no i never met matt or rich outside the podcast oh okay, okay. same as you Bry- bryson perkins and dom and fraser yeah all the time yeah like yeah, yeah. talked to them at the steam con or anything we ever go to steam cons I went to I went to the you know the ill-fated uh, oh, uh, toilet the con. steam con that shouldn't be mentioned that steam con yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, legendary I think I was, yeah. I was messaging uh, via uh, Curtis as uh, you know Curtis O who plays MCP because he obviously knows Kev 
when we were chatting, and I was saying I don't think I've seen Kev since the literal shit show when it was the last <laughs> thing on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, a, yeah. what an event. Yeah, what a time. Let, let's hopefully bring that back. That's what I'm going to ask them. Are they yeah, going to yeah, yeah. Con and Can we go back to the boot sale? Yeah. yeah. Your vinyls are already about a meter wide. Um, yeah, so will it be in the same there. venue? Yeah. And if any, could, could you reduce? I thought there were too many toilets. Could you It'll reduce the number of toilets? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I think I think those. Yeah, what would I ask them? I, I, I mean, the sort of obvious question is like, what lessons have you learned from this? <laughs> suppose, but I think it's a good the, question. Uh, but I think the, I think the more interesting one is about. What's their understanding of the game? Like, actually, yeah. if you're going to talk about how do you do that stuff together, it's like, you know, is because, you know, I remember from the end of Guild Ball, I think it was like when they did the field test, and I think when we spoke to Matt, it was pretty clear that he hadn't really played since mid season three. Yeah. And some right. of the stuff yeah, was, yeah, yeah. was like, the problem is the game's too standoffish. You're like, it's not really the problem now. Like, most teams yeah. met with two models on turn one. That's not the issue. Like, yeah. it might be higher tempo and you can win really quickly now. Yeah. But it's not that season yeah. three grind game. Like, I think that... So I'd be interested in where... And, you know, because I, I assume they've... You know, and then there's been two years of people playing a complete, you know, with different rules and all that. Well, different, you know, erratas and things like that. So that would be interesting, I think. Yeah. What about you, what about you Alex? What, what would you what will you ask? What will you ask tomorrow night when you're there, hand-raised? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's almost... It would almost be in better faith for me to just not show up. Like yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll listen, but I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and send Vince instead. Send Vince instead. Yeah, there you go. We'll send I don't Jason. know. We'll send Jason, Andrew. We need to dig Jason out of <laughs> whatever he's doing now. Like, what is he doing? Is he I mean, still in Hobbit? It is in Norfolk, so he has, his internet connection involves oh. two cups and a bit of string. Yeah, yeah. He won't know anything about. It. He's going to go <laughs> wild when he finds out about this. When the uh, when the horse reaches, mm-hmm. you know, he's uh, playing like when, a lot of Lord of the Rings still. I think is um, he? Yeah. Um, because I, mean, I guess Middle Earth and the Shire is kind of way it is anyway. So sort of is, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so um, question number... Oh, yeah, sorry. go for it. Number one, question number one. Question number one, I think they probably wouldn't answer, so I'm not sure if I'd ask this. But my my biggest question is, like, how do they want to incorporate the Guild Ball Community Project, if at all? Mm-hmm. And and I assume I assume they're still figuring that out, and or maybe you guys and they are still figuring that out, whatever. They probably can't talk about it until they make a decision. The, the thing that I might ask that I would actually expect to get an answer from is, like, do you actually want to work on Guild Ball again? Like, do you, is the yeah. idea that people are buying models and, and therefore you feel obligated or to keep developing it is that actually like exciting or do you or do you or would your preference be to just put up the print the pay on demand and never say the words guild ball again because I, I think that they might honestly feel that way and yeah, yeah, yeah. and i don't even i wouldn't blame them for that i don't know it's like it's sort of hard to tell what they want and i don't know if they would tell the truth if we asked that but like if if steamforge was just like hey we're gonna put up the print on demand because we figure we'll make like a hundred pounds on this a year and then we're never gonna mention guild ball again yeah, honestly, I'd be okay with that as long as yeah, they just said have, it. Like, yeah, you, I don't, I don't want to field any more questions about why did you kill Go Ball? What yeah, you when you bring Go Ball back? Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, again, I mean, I think that's, uh, yeah, that'll be ambitious. See, yeah, I, I think the first, <laughs> I think actually, weirdly, I can probably just about answer the first question, Alex, which is, oh, really? Okay, we don't know. I think yeah. they don't, they yeah. don't know, and we, and it's sort of yeah. the conversation we had with Matt and Rich was very much, as far as they phrased it, was pretty open actually it was like what do you guys want because it's a realistic question yeah. for us as well part of me is like 
amazing we don't have to be responsible for the entire yeah. thing anymore. like like you know i uh you know uh, uh like i said at the start like i'm i think for, if you think of who's in the community project like you know mike's a you know work in a school he's really busy mike and mm -hmm. mike and neil's both work in schools at different levels and they're they are busy you know that's a hard job andrew you know that yeah. like uh well it's a hard job if you're good at it andrew i think you you might struggle with uh <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that's yeah that's a tough job and uh, you know skerolf is a you know director of in a big pharmaceutical company i'm the director of an ngo yeah like we are busy right and and there's a reason that a number of people on the community project steering group you know just couldn't commit the time to it anymore you know yeah sam, i think sam for example right you know sam was great on the community project when he but obviously i imagine he's busy counting his uh you know his long shanks data millions but um but, you know he's <laughs> yeah. got a young family he's got a job like so so actually part of this is about one of the things that's interesting for me about this in the community project is does this bring more people into the community project because mm -hmm. we we definitely had more people involved in it the you know at the start of the project than we do now and yeah that, i mean when I when this started, you I don't know if it was you, I can't remember if it was you specifically, but someone in the community project asked me if I wanted to be on the committee, and I thought about it for a while because I was excited about the idea. But I had just gone into grad school; I was just heading into grad school and stuff, and like just moved, and then COVID happened and stuff, and I was like, "Ugh, God, honestly, I don't think I have time for this. Like, I don't think I can." care about this for the next two years and yeah. so i think if i was in your position and i had cared about this for the next for the last three years i'd probably be like please take this from me if as long as it's not going to immediately explode i would love for someone else to be worrying about this for a while so yeah yeah uh, yeah i think there's a terms piece that, yeah and i think like that's and it's you know and honestly like it's been it's a lot of work right it's you know, yeah it's, and it's a you know it's a lot of volunteer work which is fine like we, we knew what we were getting into we wanted to do it but, uh, but i think if, mm -hmm. if it helps re-energize the community project that actually might be a really interesting benefit yeah it's actually this this whole increase cycle could could work well for it. you know personally i'd probably i'd quite like to see completely different people running the community project you know within a few years if not sooner yeah um and from a re-energized <laughs> community i'm i'm happy to hand over that baton um you know one, once i get all my busted lamplighter changes through uh, yeah of but, course I mean, once, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. once you're with your giant paycheck that i'm sure is coming for all oh, of oh it's gonna be so sweet <laughs> man. i'm gonna make all you know the, all the money because because i invested all that money in that finnegan's wake rpg and it just didn't work out so it's uh yeah, yeah that never yeah, it was it was sad that there were only five backers and i was three of them but i know it's yeah it was you <laughs> and uh, uh yeah james joyce's great great grandson it's big, big war game <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah 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 um but don't worry I, yeah Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I, I feel like I should interrupt this conversation just to say that, like, right now, or about 20 minutes ago, in my in the local Discord for my game store downtown Chicago, there's, like, three people talking about getting a game night together for Guild Ball. Three people that are not even... None of, none of them are me, Vince, or Pat. So... Cool. Yeah, it's already worked. It's... Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, no, it's interesting. <laughs> and that is interesting. Like, obviously, I mean, obviously, yeah. but, like, that has, like, blown up the GBCP Discord in a way that's... Yeah not happened for a long it's time fascinating uh, how uh, a company saying something has triggered all this whilst well, i've said before anyone could have paid yeah it's forever but you know yeah, yeah, yeah. a company who in, in some people's eyes isn't that popular says something suddenly everyone goes ah yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's mad how that happened yeah. well obviously it happened to us because that's why we're here talking about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah it we happened yeah. It. um well people, people crave legitimacy yeah um, I think it's probably right. hey. um, call it a day I, soon. Um, Campbell I think, I think sent that's... me a message, Alex. So, um, Campbell said, oh. 
the last time he played you with Midas. Me, okay. Campbell said, "Bring up the last time he played. He played you, and he did eight four pluses to win Midas, and he won the game and beat you." Oh, I do remember that. Wow, yay! <laughs> That's so funny. I don't think I would have remembered it without that detail. But yeah, I remember. I remember the last couple. Um, the I think the last or second to last online tournament I played at like the start of COVID, probably. So it was like a vassal tournament, right? Um, that was the only time in Guild Ball history that I've won- I've lost more than one game in a tournament. Oh wow, really? Um, <laughs> that, yeah. that was when was that when we both we both lost in the first round of Digital Worlds, and we played in the second round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> both had lost. Uh, and, and, and no, no, yeah. So, so, so I, I I said that whoever uh, whoever lost would be you know king of the scarves. I believe <laughs> yeah. I sent you a wooden spoon. You sure did. I'll title. have to dig that out again. I still <laughs> have it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we you can compete for in the local meta now. There we go. That's Ooh. my gift to you, Alex. I know. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. It's a. It's a. It's an antique now. It's yeah, worth it's, a lot. It's vintage archive. It's an archive yeah. spoon. Uh, <laughs> right, gents. I think. I think we're going to have to wrap this mm-hmm. up. We'll that was Alex. Thank in, you. Just to say, thank you for jumping well, on, Alex. You, Alex. From, you, yeah, this was fun. I was happy to talk about it. Thanks for inviting me, guys. No, that's 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 our pleasure. Nice, nice to see you. Maybe we'll, we'll see you at a Guild Ball event. Guild Ball forty k in. Guild- Ooh, yeah, wow! They're jumping a lot of seasons. I mean, that's fine. I'm, I, yeah, as long as I can play Eldar, I'm fine with that. Like, uh, <laughs> like oh, <God>. yeah. <laughs> All right, hey, brilliant. Okay, well, good, good to see you, Andrew. Okay. Are you going to do your? Uh, what's the outro for this? I don't can't even remember if we had an actual outro. I mean, did you actually ever listen to the episodes? Yeah, I can't believe it once or twice. Well, well I'm not going to tell you. You're going to listen to the episode. Of, I, I use the same outro every single episode. Well, apart from the really early ones. Oh, it's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy music. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. We should yeah. also... Yeah, uh, Flight well, probably, of the... What's it called? Flight of the something? Oh, it's not um, like Journey of the Sorcerer. Journey of the Sorcerer. Is the the Sorcerer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. There yeah. we go. Well, enjoy, enjoy the the dulcet tones of uh, Zaphod Beeblebrox lulling you into a bold new year of Guild Ball listener. Maybe listeners, plural? We might get two listeners for this. Uh, it's a little optimistic, but yeah. Well, Andrew said I have to listen to it as well, so as long as he does, ah. then that's two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Um, thank you. Good night. <laughs>